Why, hello there. It's another odd episode of the Exterminatus podcast where Eric is either lost in the warp, caught in a Drukhari prison, or lost in the webway. We're not exactly sure where he is this time, but it's me and Ray today. Hello, everyone. And we have a whopping five events that we could talk about this weekend, and most of them are fairly big. And one of them is a very well-known one. In fact, it's kind of FLG's... No, it's the Bay Area Opens that's FLG's flagship, isn't it? Besides LVO? Yes. Yeah. I always get those two mixed up, because I can't remember things. It's almost like they both happen in the same state. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. But yes. With, um... Also, this little weekend, we do have a small touch of a RTT that I was able to make it to. Sadly, Eric had some things come up, so he was not able to attend, but he was a champ. He brought all of this really awesome tester terrain that he's been working on with a couple of our other friends. And yeah, it was fun. We did some GW layouts. And I really wish Eric had gotten to play. I know he really wants to play. You know, there's one other thing we could talk about today if we want to. Yes, yes, we will eventually get to that. But otherwise, in the world of news, there's not much in the in the way of 40k releases, unless all the Emperor's Children people want to go out and pre-order the new Fulgrim models, so that way they can just light it on fire and throw it in the trash. <laughs> I don't see them doing that. Maybe Ferguson it, but not that last part. <laughs> oh, it's more of a... They're going to imagine it burning and being in the trash can because of all the salt for not actual Demon Primark Fulgrim. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's mainly Age of Sigmar this week because they got another like Dawnbringer book or whatever coming out, along with made-to-order Space Marines, so if you want a little boxy Terminator librarian, you can get that. So I think eventually. Gonna... Go ahead, Ray. I was just going to say eventually, because I think it's set up to 180 days before that's actually going to be shipped out after you order it. Eh, either way, I'm not going to order any of it because I don't need Marines. Yeah, sure. none, of it, none of it really spoke to me, so I'm not ordering any of it. Yeah. But I think we are going to get on the road of the first of our events. We're going to start overseas over in the UK with the Gothic Games of Canterbury. It had a whopping 34 players. And the placings are very much something like this. We have... Adam J.E. Smith with Necrons. In fourth place is Dominic Matthews with Admech. Third place is Edmund Dymont with World Eaters. Second place is Syrian Furlong with Black Templars. And then first place is Ryan Williams with Eldar. And it thoroughly looks like Eldar is extremely prevalent in the UK land, because out of the top ten, there's one, two, three, four of them. 
But yeah, that's the only overseas event that we have. I do just so, want to take one second before we move to the next one. I'm yeah. rather impressed with uh, the World Eater player in third, Edmund. He got third place with an all-infantry list. The only thing that wasn't technically infantry was Angron. Cowabunga, bro. Up, <laughs> oh, up. Oh. You are slightly wrong because there is Lord Infocatus. He is riding on a cow. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me restate. There's no vehicles. <laughs> There's also no uh, real ranged units in this army. Well, I mean, he's sitting here running around with 18 exalted 8 bound. And then 6 regular 8 bound. And 20 jackals. Like, it's. It's literally the, no, we are running at you and we are punching you in the face. I'll, and I do appreciate the title of his list. Combat may be dead, but I'm not. <laughs> That's the one thing I do like about the GW app. That's the one thing I do like about the GW app is it actually shows you what the title of the list is so you can rate the, how funny a list is. <laughs> Alrighty, Ray. So, which one do you want to take us to next? Uh, well, since we've started on a foreign land, let's continue that. Let's go to Toronto. Brr, it's cold. It's gonna get colder. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a wonderful time of year compared to where we are in Arizona right now. Probably. So, yes, the Toronto Fall Open. A whopping 54 players? And what are the top five looking like there, Ray? Alright, in fifth place we've got Vincent Poretti playing Black Legion. Fourth is Conrad Motika playing Eldari. Third, Cody Brown playing Adeptus Aurorites. Second, Dustin Henshaw. You should know him from Stunner's Scrabble if you're all there for that. He got second with his Gene Sailor Cult. And then in first place, Brian Crothers. Playing what he is listed as just Chaos Space Marines. Um, we're taking a quick look. He has nothing that specifically makes it any particular uh, legion. So, yeah. Just generic. Well, I mean, at that point, he's just that awesome because he has Larry, Curly, and Moe. I just noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are all generic Chaos Lords, and they are all undivided, so they can all access the reroll stratagem, and they can attach to things. And, okay, I just want to run through his list, because these names are funny. So he has two Dark Communes, there's the Zookeepers, and the Muppeteers. And then there's the Cadillac, the Old Red, the Zoo, and the Muppets. <laughs> So clearly attaching the dark communes to the cults, the accursed cultist units. Ah, ah, man, he messed up the theme. He went with actual serious sounding names for his chosen units. And then there's Goldie the Forge Fiend, Silver the Forge Fiend, <laughs> Bill and Ted's Obliterating Adventure. <laughs> That's something that really caught my eye there. <laughs> uh, I love. I think, he, yeah, he did that with the 
GW app, so I think I might try to do that and name things. And I wonder how you did that. I'll have to look at that too. I think it might be like notes or something. But yes, congratulations to Brian for taking home with Larry Curley and Mo. And then I think we're gonna stay in me, mind Mo. Yeah, let's stay kind of northbound here. We're gonna go to Georgia. <laughs> Hey, hey, out of everything. Yeah, you can't get much further north than Georgia. <laughs> well, I mean, compared to the other two events in the roster, this is much more north than them. <laughs> I need to buy you a map. Nope, nope. I'm just going to choose to live in ignorance. I'll live on a plate. <laughs> I do not know geography, folks. Do not ask me for directions, like, ever. <laughs> But yes, the Warzone Three Taverns, located, like I said, in Georgia, with a whopping 58 players, and the top five looks something kind of like Joe McMillan in fifth place with Chaos Space Marines, Chris Daly in fourth place with Guard, in third place is Steven Toski with World Leaders, in second place is Ryan Shaw with Guard again, and in first place is... TJ Spaeth with Space Marines. Oh, yeah. He brought my Templars. Yes. So he... So he brought them as Black Templars in the Ironstorm Spearhead specifically, so the vehicle heavy list. He has Double Tech Marine, three, four, five Crusader squads, a Ballistus Dread, Gladiator Lancers, Gladiator Reapers, an Invictor War Suit, a Redemptor, a Scout Squad, a Thunderstrike, a Calidus, and an Evasaur Assassin. Ooh. That is interesting. Well, then again, having Double Assassin just means you can sit in two corners of the game. I yeah, guess. either that or use the Eversora as kind of a a pressure unit. It's one yeah. bomb. Basically, yeah, it's basically just one big bomb. <laughs> yeah, have him go harass an objective with a scout move or something. And yeah, like that's definitely a slight change. But otherwise, congratulations to him. This is the first Space Marines list that we've seen, I think, in the actual first, the actual podium finish since the book has come out. Because I think this was also the first weekend that it was legal at events, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's my understanding. Is this is the first weekend of Coded Space Marines. Yep, and going back to the dead joke, Ray, I definitely need a map. <laughs> I've never been to Georgia, so shut up. So, you choose the next state you go to, mister. How about Texas? Bro, are you really going to go bother a dragon? 
Well, there's a trend, and we might as well stick to it. Yeah, yeah, true. There, so the Dragon's Lair open. There's a whopping 58 players. Woo! Way to go, him. And... Oh, da, 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 da. You know what? I'll let you have these top five. Alright. Fifth place, Rick Hansen, Space Wolves. Fourth, Apollo Chang, playing Eldari. Third, Nathaniel Bjorg, playing Astronaut Term. Second, Eric Tat, playing Beast of the Cult. And in first, Jared Gomez, playing Ultramarines. Yep, so looking at the two Space Marine lists, um, the Space Wolf one, piloted by Rick, is very much the rumor that we kind of heard about where they're taking them in the, them in the Storm Lance Task Force. So what was meant for White Scars tend to, <laughs> tends to work with Thunderwolf Cavalry. And Apothecary Biologist, Canis, Phobos Librarian, Lieutenant with Combi Weapons, two Lieutenants with Combi Weapons, a Wolf Guard Leader on Thunderwolf, two of them, three of them, Oh, okay, because it's a Wolf Lord and Wolf Guard Battle Leader. That's a distinctive difference. Okay. Uh, and then two Wolf Lords on Thunder Wolves. No battle line, so he's literally running forward. Uh, Eradicators, a lot of Inceptors, an Infiltrator Squad, and then 18 Thunder Wolf Cavalry. I heard people like going fast and hitting stuff really hard. <laughs> when you have one of the two armies that can really max out that uh, fast list, yeah, you're going to go for it. I mean, it's basically just in the Dark Angels. Even the um, White Scars can't take this much. Yeah. And plus the Thunderwolf Cavalry get more damage on the charge than the Outriders do. Yeah. So. But going over to the Ultramarines, this one is very much the bread and butter of the Gladius Task Force. It has a cup, one, two, three, okay, four different lieutenants. That's kind of wild. And then Marnius Calgar instead of Big Boss Robo. Blade Guard, a Brutalis Dread, Gladiator, Lancers, Hellblasters, Inceptors, Cursors, Infiltrators, more Infiltrators, a Scout Squad, and a Whirlwind. Okay, I firmly believe this is a surgical application of I put my hell blasters here, <laughs> and I point at something and it goes bye bye. <laughs> and Calgar allows him to get an extra CP every turn. Yeah, that's very that's very much what I see with this list, and because he has a gladiator lancers, he has the really healthy tanks. He does not have the Thunderstrike speeder. Excuse me, I've had a long day. The Thunderstrike speeder, I think, is the really is like the really niche, not the niche one, but the really desired one because it gives like the plus one to wound, I believe, when it shoots at something. Are you my gladiators? Yeah, it's one of the primary speeders that. Oh, okay, one of the storm speeders. Yeah. I, I get their names mixed up all the time because, of the, like, let me play my Dreadnoughts, let me play my Terminators. 
you and your golden boys. Hey, man, if if I could play twenty four Devastator Centurions and have my bolters be strength six, I totally would. And just go daka 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 daka. Your army doesn't kill anything. I don't care. I roll seventy two hundred dice a game. Yeah, and I think the one you're talking about is the Source Spear Thunderstrike. Yeah, okay. I knew it was Thunder or Lightning or something like that, but yes. We are now going to jump all the way over to California, because Texas is a very large state. It would take you at least two days to drive across it. Or one and a half if you're crazy. To SoCal Open this year. This one is the biggest event on the roster at a I don't even know how to read that number, but it's almost 200 players, I'm guessing. Because it's negative oh, 100. York is showing. Yeah, it's, it's negative 192 out of 10 tickets. <laughs> 190. Yeah. I'm showing 190. Which is a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So, in the top five, we have something like this. We have Mac McTire with Blood Angels. We have Alex... Bathopolis with Dark Angels, Ruben Zhao with White Scars, Arthur Two with Bird Bearers, and first place is James Carmona with Black Legion. I'm pretty sure this list isn't going to be very different than what we've seen so far. Ah, yep, there's Abaddon. Oh, Ark and World Claimer is a different choice. But yeah, Terminators, Forge Fiends, the Hellbrute, Noise Marines, Obliterator. That is a big Obliterator squad. That's four of them. And then a huge brick of Raptors. So slightly different than what we expect to see from Black Legion. Um, and an honorable mention to Mr. Ben Jurek barely, barely missed that top five cut playing Eldar. That, those scores, man. It was that one loss in round five that got him. I feel really, really bad for him. That yeah, looks like all came down to the opponent winning percentage, actually. Mike's yeah, in it. round five he oh. was playing against Alex. Yeah. So he got paired into Dark Angels. Um, and he was actually playing the Dark Angels detachment. Looking at his list. Yeah, great name. Hellblasters, no transport. Yeah, we walk everywhere. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's three repulsor executioners on this table. They can transport things and shoot things too. Yeah, they're really good at shooting stuff. But yeah, that is all five of our events this week from across all the five events that we decided to cover from around the globe. Most of them centralized around North America because, you know, not all of us can travel that far to go play in Australia and stuff. So, Ray, what are you thinking about the introduction to 
Space Marines kind of in the meta now, because we rattled off quite a few different chapters in these top five areas. And there's a couple repeats, but not a whole bunch of them. So it's nice to see that the index army or the index attachment is still being fairly well represented. That means that unlike back in the beginning of eighth edition that the you know the indexes then, you know, were all underpowered compared to codexes. Whereas what we're seeing here is they're actually competitive. We're also seeing that it, there's not just one thing to play. People are taking... Now, there, there's common units, yes. But, mm -hmm. on the whole, people are bringing very different armies and doing fairly well with them. Yeah, that's what I kind of figured would happen. Where it's... We're going to... Try these different things and actually looking at the white scars player he is not playing white scars but he's playing blood angels so there's two blood angels in this top five and yeah he has an assault centurion squad he has an eradicator unit the two small inceptor squads which i'm coming into the opinion that the inceptor squads are awesome like, I know back at the start of 9th edition was people were just like, yeah, run 18 of these things with plasma guns and they will just destroy everything they shoot at because of, like, the blast rule and stuff. And then they got nerfed into oblivion and we never saw them on the table again. Well, now with their codex ability of dropping just outside of 3 inches but not being able to charge, it becomes really hard to screen out that unit. It's kind of funny because you don't want to charge with them anyway. Yeah, no, they're sitting there hitting people over the head with their guns. <laughs> Not only that, but if you do decide to charge them, their guns, whether you pick the bolters or the plasma, are twin-linked pistols. Mm -hmm. So they can shoot while they're in combat. Yep. And then the rest of his list is made up of some sneaky units like an incursor and infiltrator squads, a land raider, a repulsor executioner, a librarian dreadnought. And there's a storm speeder, thunderstrike, and a whirlwind. So this is very much a I'm I would almost call it hodgepodge blood angels, but I'm pretty sure every single unit in this list has a reason to be here. Yes. Um, like, infiltrators are good at keeping an opponent from being able to forward deploy. Whirlwind has the... Um, like, the anti-move stuff? Yeah, and also the... Um, I forget the actual word. Uh, not requiring line of sight. Mm -hmm. The indirect fire, yeah. Yeah, indirect fire, thank you. And then the Thunderstrike gives that plus one to wound. The scout squad is super cheap for keeping around an objective. The the land raider can carry a lot of stuff, so I'm pretty sure the land raider is what's carrying the Centurion Assault Squad. Because if I remember, the Centurions 
when they go into a transport, they each take up like either three or four spots. Like they take up a bunch of space and it's really, really silly. Uh, yeah, Centurions take up like three. Yeah. So the Land Raider, I think, has a carrying capacity of 12. So that takes up nine spots. You have a spot for three more dudes. Not hard to shove something in there. But yeah, the, I'm excited to see Space Marines come around because at the little RTT that we did this last weekend, there was Blood Angels, Dark Angels, one Iron Hands, and I think those were all the Space Marines that were there. I didn't see all of them, at least by the top of my head. Well, you know, since um, we've finished talking about all those events, why don't you talk about that well, event? That's, See, we're there. Well, that's where I was going to rate. <laughs> because one, it reminds me exactly how terrible I am at taking photos. Because, yeah, don't don't make me take photos when I have to look out a window, because I make it look terrible. <laughs> so, this event, we had a, a nice, healthy uh, 16 players. And I took my custodes again to actually give them a run, give them a run through. Uh, I only went one and two. Whereas friends of the podcast, Don Hoosen and Jason Shrum, both went undefeated with their respective armies. I drew the short stick. But yeah, this event, I had to play against the Blood Angels army. And that one was a fun game. The Dark Angels list that was floating around. That one has some teeth to it, because uh, they were doing it in the the Raven Guard detachment, so they could like forward deploy the Terminators and some other really cool tricks that I would never expect out of that kind of roster. Because let's see if I can. I've actually got a couple questions about that list. How did the um the Ballista Dreadnought Dreadnoughts perform? You're talking about the Dark Angels one. Yeah. Well, from my understanding, because the Dark Angels player went two and one, his only loss was to was to Don. <laughs> and it's brutally efficient because the the double ballista dreads get their re-rolls the the command squad is just super chunky because it's a terminator squad the redempt like the redemptors and double thunder strike it's very much the if you were playing this in iron hands this is very much an iron hands list and you swap out stuff like 
the Strike Master and Asriel, um, and maybe even the Captain Terminator armor for. Oh yeah, because you couldn't bring the command squad, so you would yeah you change all of this out for more Iron Hands themed stuff, and you just have it go back to the ninth edition really heavy shooty list that is much more efficient at tabling your opponent. Whereas this one, from chatting with Taylor, it's very sneaky, it actually can play the mission somewhat, and it, it allows the application of Terminators to be much easier, rather than like deep striking them, having to roll a 9-inch charge. It's, nah, man, they forward deploy. <laughs> I guess that's the tactic. I know I'm biased for playing the Anvil Siege Force because, hey, I don't like playing missions. I like shooting stuff. Ah, <laughs> oh, that kind of makes it hard to win. Yeah. You're going to get yeah. points. Hey, hey, I'm a simple man just rolling my dice and making you take stuff off the table. Shoot me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it sounded like he also had a whole bunch of fun playing it, and it's something that I would definitely have fun playing. I'm, I'm definitely worried that if the Dreadnoughts stay as cheap as they are, we're going to see more and more of these lists running around, because the Ballistic Dreads are only 280 points for the two of them then it's only 600 points for the Redemptor Dreadnoughts. Like, there's going to be a points hike for for Dreadnoughts in the future. Oh, we'll see. We'll find out in uh, likely January. Yeah. And my, my other two games at the event first round was into Necrons which I expected that matchup to go a lot worse because it's Necrons, they reanimate. I only put out so many attacks. Well, I can tell you I chewed through almost 80 warriors that game. <laughs> Not because of the fact that he had four bricks of 20. It was because of those gosh darn crypto thralls. Yeah, the Crypto Thralls made those Warrior Bricks super obnoxious to chew through. But my Custodians did a really good job at it. And if Trajan's unit didn't instantly get wiped out by Transyndicatan, I probably would have won that game because I only lost by 7. And then the one game that made me kind of salty that day, I got paired into Thousand Sons in the next game. So, what was it about the Cryptex that made it so bad? Well, the, the Cryptex didn't make it that bad. It was the Crypto oh, Thralls. The crypto Thralls. Yeah, sorry, the murder, crypto yeah, thralls. yeah, the Murder Buckets. It, it's, because of, 
they're, they're four up invuln, but four up feel no pain. Now that you, that does only give that to the cryptic. Well, it's the like when you allocate the wounds to the crypto thralls, they have the four up feel no pain because the the cryptic is attached to the unit, and the crypto thralls become part of the unit. Right, but the rule specifically says that the cryptic model gets to feel no pain. As it currently stands. Huh? What you say? I need to read this. Because, yeah, that's... That is not... Okay. Yeah, here Hold on. Controls. So, oh, yep. While this unit is in the same unit as a Cryptek model, that Cryptek model has to feel no pain four plus. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's a uh... <laughs> that changes things by like a lot. <laughs> because that instantly makes these things not as. Oh, no, here's the reason why. They naturally have the core rule for Field No Pain 4+. Oh, yeah. I see that now. Yeah, that's the thing that we were missing. So but he's just tanking everything on the crypto, on the, on the crypto thralls on two of them? Yeah, it's, it's basically like, oh, kill a warrior, kill a warrior, and then everything else goes on with the crypto thralls. Because they have a base 3-up save... Um, you keep him near Zerus, it basically reduces AP by one. So yeah, it just becomes a really, really tanky unit, just outright. And because they are part of the unit, they can be brought back because of reanimation protocols, which makes it really, really hard to shift that unit. And that is the main way that Necrons kind of tank your score is me and my opponent Hank were even talking about it. He was just hoping to hold me in the middle of the table and just outscore me on primary. Like, he didn't expect secondaries to come into play. And we both knew that when my custodes charged in to hit him, oh man, it was going to hurt. My first fight phase when my spear terminators made it into combat with one warrior unit and then Trajan made it in Trajan and his custodian guard made it into the other one I put both units to less than 10 warriors left in the squad through minuses to hit and all that wonderful stuff so yeah that was it wasn't rough it was just annoying and also that transcendent katan the transcendent katan combination doesn't need to exist with some eternal weave yep yeah, yeah i don't understand why that's a thing yeah now here let's have a four plus of vulnerable save let's have incoming damage and then let's give this character a four plus feel no pain it ignores 85% of the damage that it takes, and it's just not fair. Yeah, I gotta be honest, I was expecting them to say that you couldn't do that with the balance save issue, but 
it's still the same. So, I don't know. Maybe they decided they're not going to because something's going to change with the Codex coming out sometime in the next nine weeks. Yeah, I have a feeling that for when the when the Codex comes out, the Transcendent Catan is going to end up being the same restriction as the other Catans did in 9th edition, where sure, they were characters, but and you could never give them a Warlord trait. It'll be that same kind of thing of the Transcendent Catan can never have an enhancement, but it'll maintain its half damage and its 4 plus invulnerable save. Oh yeah, all of Catan have that. Yeah. Which is thematic, you're literally attacking a star. But yeah, uh, the it was fun playing Hank, fun going up against Necrons. The the game into Thousand Suns was a winnable game, but when you chase after the easy kill compared to the hard one, yeah, yeah, that sucked. Because I sent Trajan's unit into his Demon Prince to secure the middle objective, and I left Magnus alone because I was like, yeah, no, my Terminators will make this charge. Not a big deal. Nope. <laughs> that was rough. Because then it wasn't even Magnus that picked up Trajan's unit. It was the Terminator brick. That went lethal hits, sustained hits, devastating wounds, and plus one to hit, plus one to wound. Like, bro, <laughs> calm down. You don't need this many buffs on this Terminator brick. I think he disagreed with you on that. Yes, yes, he did, and he proved me wrong because that Custodian Guardian went from five Custodians and Trajan to a two wound Trajan. <laughs> and then he proceeded to die. <laughs> but no, oh, it was it was a winnable game in either direction. Yeah. Your third match was a little bit better for you. Oh yeah, no, that was into Blood Angels. He I believe my opponent brought the actual bloody... No, he brought Gladius. But he brought a couple of Predators, a couple of Gladiators, a Repulsor, an actual Repulsor, so not an Executioner, no big crazy Turbo Laser Destroyer for him. And a big Brick of Stern Guard with a Lieutenant. So, that Stern Guard unit, yeah. that unit was the problem child. Like, that thing popped out of the repulsor and did the same thing that the 10-man Terminator brick did with the Thousand Sons. It just melted the Custodian Guard squad. And I'm just like, bro, this is such a fun rule right now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about weapons that have devastating wounds, which... I mean, considering your army, it's the only thing that really is reli actually reliable, outside of this mass bolter fire. Yeah, and that's something that came into play 
Also, it was just hilarious that the... I went first. I failed a four-inch charge off of a reroll with my Terminators. <laughs> that is hard to do. It is very hard to do. And it was just trying to chase down a unit of infiltrators with a Phobos Librarian in it. <laughs> like, there was no need for me to chase after that unit on the first turn, but by gosh darn it, I could make it. And I just went... <laughs> Okay. My Terminators just stand there. But yeah, no, that game was actually very fun for the both of us. Because I went first. I I had to boogie out onto objectives. We were playing Scorched Earth, and all of the objectives were still on the table at the end of the game. Yep. So... We we fought over the corner objectives. I took over the middle, and his, he used his stern guard properly to try and respond to Trajan, which then Trajan hid behind a wall and said, I'm going to charge your stern guard. The stern guard went, guys, there's something spooky behind the wall, and we're going to hop in the repulsor. That's a neat trick. <laughs> it's because it's a rule attached to the repulsor of if the unit is wholly within three, so basically within disembark range. Yeah. If they're declared as a charge target, they can literally just hop into the repulsor. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. And then I just went, well, you know what? Trajan's going to just continue charging through this wall into your repulsor because screw that thing. <laughs> and yeah, Trajan opened up that repulsor like a can of worms. And in that same turn, my my Terminator squads made it into the Infiltrator squad, into a Gladiator Lancer, into a... a I ate four vehicles that turn. There was no reason for me to eat that many vehicles that turn. Not even for a secondary at that point? Oh, no, I just happened to draw Bring It Down that turn. It was just like, bro, this is excessive. All he had left on the table was the lieutenant with the combi weapon, a uh -huh. unit of eliminators, and... Then he had his Death Company and Lamartis in Deep Strike, along with his Inceptors. I literally picked up the rest of his army on turn two. Ouch. Yeah, both he and I just sat there going, uh, that was rude. <laughs> yeah, especially when uh, a Terminator that was following Trajan's unit saw the Kalidus assassin land inside of a building and went huzzah! Grenade! <laughs> and picked up a Kalidus assassin. <laughs> but yes, it was definitely fun playing Chris and his Blood Angels because it was actually fun to play a game of 40k instead of Oh, I'm chewing through what feels like 80 warriors 
Oh, I literally got devastating wounded to death. Playing a Space Marines actually felt like playing a game of 40k. Okay. Now, given I also brought 12 Terminators, and Terminators just do so much work. Because of full rerolls to wound against monsters, vehicles, and characters. So, if I had made the charge into the Transcendent Catan in round one, the Transcendent Catan may not have died, but it would have been stuck in my deployment zone for my Terminators to keep being up on for an extra turn. Alright. Because me and Hank even talked about it, but yeah, my, my Terminators charge in, they get plus one to wound because of Slayer of Nightmares, and I take lethal hits and I just go whap 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 and hopefully he just fails enough saves which didn't happen but such is life sounds like you're glad that you worked the custodes as opposed to your uh, chaos knights well it was just um I love playing my knights, and I like doing things with them. I also want to make sure that I don't forget how good custodes are. Because yes, custodes by math right now are one of the worst performing factions, so says GW's MetaWatch. Like, their win percentage dropped by, like, at least 12%. Yeah, we could probably have a whole episode just discussing the differences between how various entities gauge the uh, competitive meta. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the... But playing them feels a lot more fun to playing knights sometimes, because knights, yeah, I'm big stampy robots, I walk around buildings, I can shoot real, real good. But when you go to a shooting heavy army, your shooting has to be optimal. One bad shooting phase, and then your army just flounders for the rest of the game. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. I mean, I said I was going to stick to my Imperial Knights at least to the end of the year, and I've done really good with that. But I've been kind of considering one of my armies that's a little bit more infantry-based that is a little bit more forgiving when it comes to you know having one or two bad rolls. Yeah. The, the thing with Chaos Knights, though, is I do have a roster ready to go and try with um, a Lancer and a Rampager. I just... Well, I want to play my Custodes for a little while because their book comes out next year fairly early on. Yeah. So I get to go... Yeah, I get to practice with my Custodes before the book comes out. 
I'm still going to take my Chaos Knights to LVO. There's no reason for me not to. But I, it might be another scenario of, well, I play Chaos Knights in the actual LVO event, and then if I sign up for the Sunday event, I take my Custodies again. And be the madman and take two armies again. <laughs> well, I'm the one sitting with a Necron army just waiting to see what the new codex looks like. All your stuff is going to be toughness two with seven up save, and you just reanimate on threes. <laughs> I'm, I'm making it up crap, guys. Don't, don't listen to me. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to be spending every day of every week until the codex comes out trying to figure out what three um, units are going to be going away. I have a feeling that it's going to be some of the older Finecast guys. So probably Zondrek, probably Oberon, probably Onrik here. Well, I've seen one so far go um, no longer available. And what I thought was, oh, that must mean that that's definitely going to be one of the models that gets moved over plastic. That's uh, Arcane of the Diviner. These no, listed is no longer available online. But then all we've seen so far is Emotech as being a plastic, so that makes me wonder if maybe that's one of the models. It's going to be going away forever, which kind of sucks because Orkin is one of the longer units that's been around. Mm -hmm. Necrons don't really have a crazy amount of you know, uh, actual unique characters, uh, but he's one of only two that are Cryptics. Mm -hmm. Everything else is Overlords, basically. So, Yeah. That one I can definitely feel for you, because when I played Hank, he brought Zerus, and Zerus is just so good. I love Zerus. I had his old model with my original Necron army. He found that model looks a little derpy. The newest one looks awesome. Mm -hmm. That's one of the few models of my Necron army I still have not painted yet. Yeah, like it's... Zerus is obviously going to be sticking around because he's got a plastic model. Yeah. So it's... I really do feel it's just going to be characters that go away. I don't think they're going to take away any other data sheets, because played ones have plastic now. Um, the Transcendent Catan and the Tesseract Vault are still available. Even though people literally buy the Tesseract Vault just to take the Transcendent Catan. Honestly, the only thing I can see them doing with that is... Um, changing it when you can't have the treatment center contained anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to happen, but I could see it. I still hate the fact that if you want a transcendent container and that's all you want, you have to spend on what is it, hundred and eighty dollars for that box? Yeah, you have to spend some absurdly high number for this 
medium-sized tentacle-waving dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the... Um, it'll just be fun to see what they do for Necrons and Admic. I'm really ex I'm really perturbed by Admech because they're either going to be really really confusing like they were last edition or they're going to be maybe too simplified and some of their rules interactions are just going to be broken well I've seen every edition's version of Advec. I've yet to see a simple one. So, yeah. I have a funny feeling you won't have to worry about it being simple. Mm -hmm. um, how competitive it's going to be, that, that's, that's going to be questionable. But I don't, think, I don't think you'll see it simple. Yeah, I just, I just worry about it every so often when I see Admech coming around because like 9th edition Admech was just silly and then it got nerfed into the dirt way too aggressively and they didn't they never changed it so with what they're doing now okay it might be a little, more, little bit more balanced upon release so far we only have Space Marines and Tyranids compared to. But with Admech and Necrons coming out at the same time, well, roughly the same time, we'll now have four codices to compare each other to yeah. to see what the internal balance is like. Yeah. And we'll be able to see, too, how, how far they were willing to go, because, you know, you've got a book like Codex Space Marines and you know, they weren't going to be able to get away with anything less than a detachment representing each chapter. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and as me and Eric mentioned on the last episode, the, the Necrons and Admech only get five detachments each. Yeah. So that means one of them is the Index the revamped index one and then the other one and then the other ones are some of the sub factions yeah well I don't think it's necessarily going to represent each one I don't think each one's necessarily going to represent a sub faction necessarily uh, we're going to see them represent different aspects of the army as a whole mm -hmm. so like the we'll get the um, the new the attachment version of what was an army of renown with the annihilation something or other I'm forgetting the name um, right. that's going to help with like the destroyers and the the, the flayed ones and that um, there's the Canoptic Court which is probably going to have a lot to do with all the Canoptic stuff because we've got a bunch of that now yeah I, I'm pretty sure that they're tying like, they are going to keep it to themes and pretty easy to digest things of, oh, you want to play destroyers? Play this detachment. Because they benefit the most in that detachment. Yeah. Which I'm very happy to see them do, because that also means going forward when we see other armies like Drukhari 
like custodes, like Tau, we get to see them potentially do some really, really wild stuff to give to give the detachments their identities. Yes. Because Tau has only ever been a shooting army, and then Farsight Enclaves. It didn't matter which version of Tau you were playing. You were always shooting all the time, and your weapons didn't really matter because Crisis Suits were amazing. Well, I mean, so, like in 9th edition, you saw a bit of an aspect of a difference in Tau. You had the Kayana Manka, which was, you know, are you focusing in the first couple turns, or are you focusing on the later turns? I could, we, we could, we'll still see something like that, I'm sure. But yeah, for there to be more than two, then are we looking at, like... Uh, are we fo focus on like the auxiliary? Are we gonna see something that focuses on like fire teams or suits? Drakari will be interesting because you know is are we gonna see one that rep that uh, benefits you know each of the three aspects of the Drakari? So that makes four. How do you get a fifth one out of that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That one would effectively be like here's real space raiders, which is cabal and homunculi, and then the fifth one would fall to like uh, I would almost say like a Yanari detachment. Maybe Yanari. I think Yanari has been a bit of a trip for GW uh, from the very start. So I'd like to see how they finally decide to do Yanari in tenth edition. But I'm afraid it's just going to be, you know, another kind of flop. So, and of course, it's probably going to be in the Eldari Codex, not the Dukari Codex. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's very true. So at that point, who knows? Maybe with the Dukari book, they bring back some named character that may or may not be Vect, and have it be. <laughs> In fact, is the only other named character that I know that has any kind of lore relevance to me. So, um, I mean, I've been around the game longer. Vect was not a model when I started playing. Um, he had just been taken out. Well, not just, but uh, it was a fifth edition codex, and he was no longer in it. Or if he was, he didn't have a model anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but there were a, there were a few characters. I don't know. You know, it's kind of tricky when it comes to each army. Are we just going to see a character here, a unit, one unit there? Are we going to see like one of each, possibly? Well, I guess the trick is we are still only counting the previews that we've seen so far. Four codexes in out of twenty-three. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the the armies that are going to neat like probably have the most reveals are the smallest armies so like Votan's probably going to get a couple new units Votan I think is the only army outside of the Tyranids that I could see really get vamped up because a lot of times the second edition that they're out is when they get get that way uh, it was the same with Gene Steeler Cult mm -hmm. so Duggan could be wrong, but I wouldn't be. I'd, I'd be really surprised if we don't see Votan get like 
four or five new units. That's an issue. And because of that, they'll probably be one of the last armies to get the new the tenth edition codex. Yep. And all I want, all I want for custodes, give me either a beautiful new Trajan model, or give me Constantine Valdor. Dang it. Well, I mean, you never know with Constantine. He is technically around in a war. Yeah, he's the king in yellow. So. Yeah. That being said, you might not get either. Eh, I mean, an updated Trajan model would be nice, because... Okay. He looks like a shield captain with a big fancy axe. Yeah. Let's not have him be just another shield captain. But either way, that's pretty much the end of our show tonight, since Ray and I can ramble for a good couple of hours if you let us. <laughs> we'll just have to make do with one hour. Yeah, yeah, you're true. So, Ray, any last-minute hobby things that you've been in track of, or have you been busy just refreshing the Games Workshop page? <laughs> Well, um, I've got one Imperial Knight left to build. That's the Acheron because uh, my compulsiveness, I had to get one of each of the Serasus Knights. Um, you are a braver man than I. <laughs> I don't know if brave is the word. True silly is the better one. But I've got so many knights, it's like, oh, I can try out this list. Oh, I can try out that list. List paralysis is your worst enemy. I've done okay. I've done okay for the most part. <laughs> and then outside of that, what you do is like, I picked up some uh, that AK uh, diorama basing stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to use that to work on the bases of my knights since they're all really big. I need a lot of it. Yeah. I'm. I've been busy this weekend, not being able to be home, so my custodians are currently still sitting in a primed state. But once I'm able to come back home and get back to painting on, painting them on the regular. Oh man, colors! So many colors. <laughs> it's only three colors, but it's still so many colors. Yep. Thank you all for coming and listening to us talk about our wonderful hobby of Warhammer 40k, both competitively and not. I have been your host, Robert, and we have our other host, Ray. Until next time. <laughs> yep. And Eric will pop out of the webway eventually. So, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Exterminatus Podcast. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Exterminatus Podcast here to talk to you about KR Cases. If you're like me, and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR Cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes. And no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. 
They're sturdy. The boxes help protect your models. And if you, when you order, they come fast. The order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So, go to krcases.com, and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus podcast. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 Nom, to replace your average pizza, decided to come out with another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So, they're from reddukegames.com, and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play in So, if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook.